Listen up, rugby fans across North America. You are listening to the Rugby Rat Podcast Show with your host, Ty Braga, Scott Barrara, and Rob Hammerschmidt. We tackle the tough topics on your behalf as the fan and share all the latest news, player interviews, and more when it comes to Major League Rugby, USA Eagles, and Rugby Canada. Rugby Rat Podcast Show, growing rugby one fan at a time. Welcome, rugby fans, to the greatest rugby podcast in North America. <laughs> we, are, of course, are talking about the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Brogger, your host for today's activities, alongside the familiar voice and face of Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. But more importantly, we are here to be able to talk Major League Rugby with the commissioner himself, who has, by the way, we just learned prior to this interview, spent, what, the entire day in about four interviews with the BBC local networks in Atlanta and the NOLA area. The list probably goes on. And he's still here with us at 8 p.m. in the evening because we are more important than they are. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is a pleasure and an honor to be able to welcome Mr. George Killebrew. George, welcome to the show. Hey, Ty Hammer, glad to be here. This rate's at the top of what I've done all day long, so can't wait to get started. Let's hit it. Fantastic. You know, it's always nice to know that our lonely podcast is in the same league as the BBC. <laughs> it's like having a nice glass of Cavessier at the end of the evening, isn't it? <laughs> right. Now you can actually talk rugby with rugby right. people. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Fantastic. And, you know, all jokes aside, it truly is an incredible honor, but we need to be able to do some of the formalities here. So it's best that we remind all of our viewers, if you are turning in for the first time, welcome to the Rugby Rant. This is the Run, Pass, or Kick interview where we put our guests to the test with the Run, Pass, or Kick challenge. And to be able to learn more on how it works, I'm going to hand it over to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt, to let you know. Thank you, Ty. Welcome. Mr. Commissioner, it is George. It's a pleasure to have you on. So I'm going to explain for those who are uninitiated how the run, pass, or kick interview works. We're going to field several questions for you. We'll prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. Just let the fans know what you're going to do with each question. If you choose to run with it, it simply means that you're going to go ahead and take that straight up and on the front foot and answer the question. If you choose to pass the question, it simply means that it's a hot topic and perhaps it's one you want to stay away from. So you're going to go ahead and pass it off. Or you can have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, and you can kick it to either one of us. And all that means is that you want us to answer the question on your behalf. And we'll assume if you don't identify who it is you want to answer the question, it's the person who asked it. Otherwise, you can have some fun and identify whether it's myself or Ty that will answer the question. And then you can grade us out. Tell us we were horrible. You could tell us that we were great. And you can add a little bit of spice at the end if you like. Commissioner, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge? I am. I'm kind of a runner just by design. <laughs> Unless you throw something at me that's, you know, really egregious, I'll try to answer <laughs> We'll try to stay away from egregious things, as we always do here at the Rugby Rant. All right. Uh, so, first of all, I want to welcome everybody to a happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm wearing... In the honor of shopmlr.com, a shirt that they uh, produced this year in honor of St. Patrick's Day. I think all the teams that are uh, on the Shop MLR site 
have their version of this shirt. I just so happen to have an AG shirt because I think the AGs are going to win the Texas Cup. It's my pick, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we know, Commissioner, uh, that many fans were clamoring for a centralized website in which they could get their merch. Can you just uh, briefly talk to the fans about that experience with the rugby shop and uh, who's powering Shop MLR? Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a, a basic for a sports league is to have a, a central area where you can go and, and buy your gear for your team. And we got to know, you know, the rugby shop guys. We'll give a shout out to J-Mac if you may be uh, watching or listening. Um, and, and it's really cool. You know, you can go there. You can get your team's gear. You can get – by the way, you can also buy league gear. Yep. Which I spent a lot of yep. years in the NBA – and nobody really wants to wear like the NBA. <laughs> they want to wear their team or what have you, but there's great MLR gear as well. And they've done a great job for us. And we're really proud of that partnership. Absolutely. I, as a matter of fact, I got the quarter zip uh, for the league and I love it. It's perfect weight. It's a nice right. lightweight, lightweight quarter zip. Uh, it's really good for those, you know, evenings. It's about 60, 70 degrees, but you need a, a little something to keep the mosquitoes right. off. Luckily enough, we're uh, quite spoiled by the, uh, the yeah, team at the, the rugby shop, and uh, we've uh, enjoyed the shop MLR shopping that we've yeah. done ourselves, haven't we, Rob? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, no that, doubt. That's well, good news because, you know, we get a piece of all of that. <laughs> keep your wallet open is the message. <laughs> the commercialization of the sport is kind of what we're missing. It's not sure. like we're ever going to get rich off of merchandise. It's 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 a loss later a bit, but um, we appreciate that. Yeah, well, anybody that watches the show helps. Yeah, knows I'm a complete rugby clothes clothes whore, and my wife knows this too. All right, so let's let's get on with the interview questions. I'm sure fans have a lot of questions on their mind and things they want to know. So we're going to go ahead and start the run pass or kick. So let me start by saying run pass or kick, George. The first question, having spent 27 years with the Dallas Mavericks, you obviously know Mark Cuban very well. My question is this, Run Pastor Kick, have you made your shark take pitch for him to become an owner of an of an MLR franchise? As I said, you know, most of the answers are going to be run. Okay. I'll, I'll run with that a bit. You know, um, Mark, I've worked with Mark for 20 years, um, and his first love is rugby. Most people don't know that. I mean – you know, he played obviously at Indiana University, and um, I think he's endowed that program. I haven't quite yes, asked him the um, full question on that, but when you meet other people from Indiana University, they're like, "It'd be great if Mark gave some money to the business school." Like, no, <laughs> it's all about rugby, you know, with Mark. So, um, yeah, you know, I think Mark's has a love for the game, and I think when you look at a possible World Cup bid, for example like in, you know, 27 or 31. I think those are the type of activities that gets guys like that and others excited. Um, Mark, I don't think Mark has any desire to own another team, like owning a team in the NBA or the NFL or any other, the kind of the traditional leagues is, is full-time job. You know, it's 24-7, 365, you know, for him. So I, I think that's kind of the play there. Um, what's interesting about, Mark, in my relationship is that he emails me more about rugby than he ever did about basketball. Like I wouldn't, he would never originate an email to me. I would originate an email to him when I was working for him saying, here's what's going on. What do you think? You know, and then he'd, he'd rule. Now he's like, Hey, what's up with MLR? I'm like, Hey, what's up, Mark? You know, 
<laughs> so he's paying attention for sure. I don't think he wants to be a team owner by any means, but he's paying attention and he, he wants this to work for sure. It's good to yeah. know. That's all fantastic. You know, obviously people are excited to be able to know not only is he looking at the league with a, with curiosity and of course uh, eager to be able to see its success, but really it's a great amount of experience that he has that also with you, you had that same experience, you know, by his shoulder with uh, the Mavericks uh, with a winning franchise in the NBA. I got to ask you, George, run pass or kick. What is it that about MLR that lured you away from the MLR, sorry, the NBA? Well, it's going to be run just so you guys know. Sure. That's what we do. Um, You know, it's a challenge. It's a huge challenge, right? Um, You know, the opportunity to lead a league to get established in North America is very rare. Like, you know, the window is not very open, right? So you've seen, you know, some leagues come, come in, some make it, some not. But the opportunity to do that is very rare. And in this case with a sport that is loved internationally, beloved internationally, but hasn't translated, you know, to the extent we wanted to in North America, it's like, what else is there? Like, if it's not us, who else is next? And I would love to debate that with somebody that they, they feel like their sport is the next one that's going to really resonate in North America. I would disagree. I think it's rugby. It's and- badminton. <laughs> <laughs> it is certainly not badminton. <laughs> Back to any badminton fans. It's certainly not cornhole. No, yeah. <laughs> cornhole fans, even though their ratings on ESPN are kind of ridiculously big. Right. Um, but, you know, you know, to answer your question in all sincerity, I think we're next. Right. I, I truly believe that. And so why not jump in and try to shape this? Because there are very few executives you know, in, in the North American sports history that have made a, a serious imprint on their sport and in, you know, the landscape. And I think we have a chance to do it here. Fantastic. I think most fans would agree, you know, looking back over is the seasons of past, how much has been achieved in a relatively short time is, is outstanding, you know, and uh, you are right. It's poised, in my opinion, I'm sure those who are watching too, because that's why they're watching is to want to be able to learn what's next, right? But I know that it's next for Rob to be able to fire the next question your way. You know, George, you spoke about challenges, and that is, you must have been reading my mind in the next question already. Um, the biggest challenge, obviously, up to this point is dealing with COVID, right? Uh, so let's let's be honest. So one of our fans, Rick Meyer, we actually had on several weeks ago as a guest on the Rugby Rant. He wanted to know, run, pass, or kick, what have you learned in the last year that will help you positively steer the league into the future from this COVID experience? Well, it's run, but remember, that's a short-term problem. Like the biggest problems facing this league are not COVID, right? So this is a short-term problem that we're dealing with. And, you know, what we're doing, first of all, you know, to have 13 teams across the United States and one in Canada, you have to follow, first of all, um, state and country guidelines, right? So it's not, those are not opinions. Those are how we operate our business every day. And and the rules and regulations in certain states are completely different in other states. So what we've done is, you know, we have a medical committee and we've come up with protocol guidelines. And, And by the way, we've had the, you know, the 
the opportunity to learn from those that have gone before us. So right. we've watched the NFL and we've watched the NBA and we've watched the NHL. We've watched the MLS uh, and we've learned and, we, and, and a lot of college football and basketball as well. So we, you know, we've been able to sit back and take all that in. We've come up with great COVID policies because safety, of course, is at the forefront of everything we're doing. Players, coaches, fans, referees, broadcast partners, all the way down the line. We don't want to put anybody in jeopardy. So we pushed a lot of COVID policies down to the teams. And, you know, we challenged the teams. In my opinion, the teams that end up on August the 1st, in prime time on CBS at the MLR finals, champions of the West, champions of the East, are the ones that took these to heart and don't lose any player hours or days because of COVID. You know, and it's a challenge. Like, so it's not just about being the best side. Not, it's not about being the best team. It's about this other entity that's, it's, you know, that's gotten into our lives as part of our everyday existence now you know, hopefully we see the, you know, the, the, you know, the sun setting on that and we're going to get, you know, more fans in the stands and things like that. But that's what we're talking to our teams about. It, you know, it's not all that dissimilar when coaches have the option to have a 23 man roster and you can obviously have to field 15 players on the field at those positions, but then you have to think about your bench, right? Are you going to go with a, you know, a six, six forwards and, and two backs like the spring box did in the, in the world cup, or are you going to, you know, add a couple other backs in there, um, uh, to to be a little bit faster and maneuverable in those last twenty minutes, so it's it's really a strategic question, which, um, for my rugby mind, I really enjoy thinking about, and I and I have to agree, it, it might not just come down to who has the most talented team; it might come come down to right. who is able to manage this the best as possible. I, yeah, and I would add, it comes down to depth. Yeah, yeah. I was about to make that point too, yeah, because you really know, have to think about that. And then the ability to maybe have players play out of position. Yeah. Versatility is going to be key and and depth, as you said. So, you know, we're already seeing some squads that are, uh, you know, have more players on their roster than they might have had in the past, you know, in hopes that, yes, if that does happen, you've got a plan B, C, and D, and so it continues. Um, But as Rob pointed out, it's going to be an interesting game of chess to be able to find where those pieces uh, are going to be best matched. Yes, agreed. Um, and, and one of our fans, uh, Benjamin Haswell, he's a NOLA fan, one of my mates down there. Uh, he's actually hooking me up and taking care of me in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to uh, spending the weekend down in New Orleans with him. Uh, he asked, you know, what is the protocol if, God forbid, some games have to be postponed due to COVID? Is it a replay, a forfeit? How is the league? What is the league's plan for that process, run, pass, or kick? Yeah, so um, you know, we only have a, a you know very little bit of time in a bye right. week. Or so so if we can't get a match in it'll be a draw uh, but you know postponement is our first option yeah right. forfeit's not really a word <laughs> right but you know and, and guys you know we're gonna have bumps and bruises yeah. all the way through this season I mean right. that's what the you know the the season is gonna be like so get used to it so you know it's nice to print a schedule and say here here we go uh that's not going to be the case. And we've right. seen this with, with all professional sports. And a lot of rugby fans have kind of reached out and said, geez, we don't want to you know, be perceived as kind of unprofessional when we have to 
you know, move a game or like, this is the new norm. Yeah. You know, this is what we do every day in kind of the NFL. I mean, the NFL, we, they played a game on a Tuesday for yeah. God's sakes this last year. <laughs> but the, yeah. Pittsburgh didn't have to delay a game two or three times right. in order to get it to be played. I mean, for fans to, to think that this season is going to be run perfectly according to plan. I think they have their, they're, they're right. having the clouds a little bit. They have to expect, yeah. you said those, those bumps. Yeah, I've said it before, and I'll say it again throughout our show. Whenever this topic has come up, is about preparation for the season. You know, in the in the, the the truncated season that left behind in 2020, what it did give us with the COVID and everything else around it was the silver lining is plenty of time to be able to prepare for the season ahead, plenty of time to be able to learn from, as you so rightly pointed out, others' mistakes, so to speak, or at least the trials and tribulations, to be able to address those challenges, and it has forced us to innovate. So, I mean, there's, as you said, it's going to be a bumpy road. It might not be pretty, but the great victory here, the big win will be finishing a season, right? August 1st, baby. (laughs) If we're standing on the sidelines at some stadium watching the winner of the Western Conference and the winner of the Eastern Conference go at it live on CBS in primetime. Right, exactly. There's going to be a lot of high fives and possibly a beer or two being passed around. (laughs) As such is the tradition. (laughs) So let's move on to the next question as we have it here. Lined up for you again, George Killebrew. We have number four. This one is an interesting one. We're going to turn up the heat as we're continuing the theme of taking questions from our fans. This one was lined up before the show, and it comes from Kevin Bell. So I will try and frame this as delicately as I can. Um, but it is in reference to the league salary caps. So with that in mind, here lies the question. It has been well documented that each MLR team has a starting player salary cap of 500000 for each team. We know that teams also can offset salaries with, by other perks like an apartment, and of course does differ, and there are other ways of doing that. Many fans watch teams like San Diego and the expansion teams of LA and wonder how can they afford the likes of Rob Shaw or Matt Gitto, uh, Cooper, the list can go on, right? So here lies the most important question in the crux of it all from Kevin Bell, one of our longtime viewers, wants to know what would trigger a salary cap investigation, run, pass, or kick? Yeah, I'm not going to dodge any questions from you guys. So. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll just, you know, answer them. Um, yeah, we have a, a cap of $500,000 that we can pay our players. We also have an ancillary benefit program, which includes things like an apartment, um, a car maybe, or what have you. Um, and all teams are held to that. You know, there are limits and they all disclose what they are paying to each of the players. So it's, it's something that's um, known at the league office. And so there, there is no opportunity for that. Um, right. We just, transparency is key is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you've seen some big name signings. Um, I think all teams have at least one or two, but they all fall within our guidelines. Right. And if, you know, just like anything else, if you find out that that's really not the case, then, you know, you, you take that into consideration as you deal with, you know, member teams, but I, I don't believe in that. I think these players are over here for the right reasons. You look at a guy like Rob Shaw, if you follow him on social media, he's delighted to be here. 
And he's, right. you know, the thing that those guys bring to the table is two, in my, in my, my view, they get in the locker room, you know, with maybe some young American players or what have you. And they teach how to be a professional at the highest level because they have been. Right. And that's the other half of the debate that still kind of circles back around every now and then is the value of these foreign players that are coming in and, and you know, the experience that comes along with them, the guidance, the mentorship. You know, we, we've kind of rehashed this conversation in different forms as far back as we've been doing this. And I'm sure that that conversation will continue in different forms. But I know from us as the rugby podcast here, the rugby rant, we're all for the value that these guys can bring, the eyeballs, the, the marketing value. You know, much like the uh, Major League Soccer franchises had done of past, the same blueprint, as you said before, you learn from what others have been able to achieve, good and bad, right? But there, there are these examples of great success. You know, if you look at Foden, who's not only has come like other players, like there is some criticism about, oh, they're only here for a season, they move on in their twilight, they still have great value. They still draw eyes from outside audiences outside to bring them here. But a guy like Foden, who's actually been here several seasons, is planted down here. He's put roots down here, and he's helping rugby grow. That's a great example, Ty. So I spent some time with Ben Foden, you know, before we had to shut it down last year. He's the epitome of what we're trying to market here, right? right. You know, he, he's played, you know, for his country at the highest level. He's a guy that is, a, you know, attractive to fans. He is an interesting character. And it's not, it's not just guys like Foden. It's all of these guys. They, mm-hmm. There's an interesting story behind all of them. Now it's up to us to really expose those personalities because then we win. Right. Then we win. I'm just going to tell you that because I've been in sports my whole life and I've been around the athletes. And this class of athletes, they are charismatic to the highest extent. And we have to, we have to, you know, get them in front of cameras, we mm-hmm. have to get them on the rugby network. We have to get them ambassadors for the league without question. So whether it's Rob Shaw, who I guess is, his BFF is, you know, Prince Harry. So I expect <laughs> Prince Harry to be at all of our matches. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. You know, it's worth, it's worth having Rob Shaw here to bring his guy. I think Foden's one of his guys too. So one better way to like, grow the game from maybe people don't understand what's going on to have Prince Harry on your sidelines. So we'll <laughs> that once we can have So, so, you know, it's funny you, you talk about Ben Foden, George, and you, and you mentioned uh, the, the video that he did last year, uh, Foden um, stateside, right? Uh, it was actually, I just happened to see it yesterday because of the glorious new platform that's been introduced, the Rugby Pass, uh, Rugby Network, excuse me. Um, oh, I got to commend you. I can now get rid of ESPN Plus and get that off my yeah. bill, right? Because now I can see all the content I want on this channel. Saw Ben Foden, and, and that's where this next question uh, comes in. Um, this will be the online provider for most MLR matches. Of course, there are going to be some on CBS and Fox Sports. What made this po- uh, partnership? better for the league than attempting to build on an existing relationship with ESPN run, pass, or kick. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to deviate here. I'm going to run. Okay. This is the biggest no brainer of all time. So we've, we've been a renter 
you can either rent or own. We've been a right. renter. We've been a renter on you know some platforms, and no disrespect to the platforms, but we're a renter. If you're a renter on ESPN and you're rugby in North America, you're probably not their sexiest client. You're yeah. probably not the one they're going to market the most. So we made. I made a decision a year ago. I met the rugby pass guys, which they, you know, we are doing this in conjunction with them a year ago at the LA sevens and just over a breakfast with Richard North, who's kind of their chief strategy officer. He started like telling me things that it was just the light bulb just went off. And I said, we've got to do this together. They wanted to enter North America. Obviously they're, they're they've done very well internationally. Uh, they have no presence in North America and they wanted one. Um, and here we are wanting a presence in North America as well. Um, so it's the meeting of, of great minds and, you know, we want to own the space and we'll start with MLR content. We'll do interviews like the one you saw with Foden and others, but, you know, over time we can really build that as the home base for rugby fans in North America. We, we I love the sound of that I, for two reasons, two reasons. One, it's free. Everybody likes the word free, right? You have access to it. Uh, international viewers will find incredible value with this platform. Yes, the Facebook feed was convenient and it was easily accessible. This just moves it to a whole new level of professionalism uh, as well. And you're, you're hosting that platform. The second half of that is I hear that uh, that uh, the rugby ranch is being considered for a spot, right? <laughs> hey, guys, there's no chance in that. <laughs> it's okay i just had you that's that's the one that george will pass on and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't ever pass so no and all, all all kidding aside you know for everyone that's in the space now like you guys are it's an opportunity right, right? because if you're on espn plus and no disrespect at all is meant for that but you are not high on their priority right. if you're major league rugby today. So true. Hey, but guess what? We get this thing launched, we build the audience, right? And X amount of years later, all of a sudden we own something that other people are going to want, which right. is right. right. So as we talk about you know TV and things like that, we become a lot more attractive because we've taken our destiny in our own hands. Right. Hundred percent. And, and I, I will say one of the biggest frustrations I had was, you know, last year I was planning a watch party here locally for the, the first gold game. And yeah. I had no idea where I was going to get that feed. Was EFPN going to post it? I don't know. I know where the game's going to be this, this week, where it's going to be played. I know where it's going to be played, you know, three weeks from now, four weeks from now. And it's a wonderful feeling as a fan. So short term and long term, I think fans win with this plan. Yeah. So let me ask you, Rob, where are you watching NOLA this weekend? <laughs> it's funny you ask that. Uh, one of our sponsors, Tighthead Brewing here in Chicago, uh, is going to have uh, a series of watch parties. And um, we're opening up with the NOLA Gold uh, OGDC match. So it's located in Mundelein, Illinois, uh, in the heart of Lake County. Owner Bruce Doerr and the Tighthead staff will ensure you're kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum this weekend. Tighthead's Tap Room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and family can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby in 2021. <laughs> Join us for the first watch party of the season as Enola Gold 
play host to Old Glory DC. The watch parties will happen every week through the season up to Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing will satiate your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. Ding, ding, ding. I like it. Wow. So wait, hold on. Hold on, Hammer. Like, it's not just good enough to have a watch party in Chicago. When are we going to get a team there? From the words of George Killebrew himself to the ears of fans, you have asked the right question. Let's go. (laughs) So let me actually take the opportunity here. I obviously know that that Rob is going to be making his pick for Nola to win that game. We like to be able to ask uh, as in season from all of those that join us in the show for their pick for the weekend. We're going to ask you for one pick. Who do you think might win it, George, uh, this coming weekend between Old Glory DC and Nola? If you are pressed for an answer, who do you go with on the win? Yeah, so this is a definite pass. <laughs> it's kind of like asking, like, who's your uh, favorite kid? Yeah. Uh, I really can't answer that. Like, so I have 12 kids, really 13. One's not playing right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, all I want is no one to go 0 and 16, right. no one to go 16 and 0. I'm a big 8 and 8 guy, you know, so that's all a right. pass. Hey, hey, George, I have a stock <laughs> answer for you. My son is is actually watching now. Shout out to my boy Preston. Um, I have two sons, and I know you do too. My response to them when they are whenever they ask who do you love more, I always say the one that's irritating me the least, and most of the time it's the dog. I, I usually say your mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is experience and wisdom, there, gentlemen. Exciting. So. Let's uh, let's continue forward. Uh, Rob, you got the next question lined up then? Yep. Uh, so, George, run passer kick. San Diego, who moved to Las Vegas for the season, announced that fans will not be allowed in the stadium for their home opener. And, and we know that other teams are in the same boat, at least in the short term. Rooney, Toronto obviously had to go to Atlanta, um, and then uh, New England. Conversely, NOLA will be allowed to have 2,000 fans in the gold mine on Saturday. Houston is open up. Obviously, Austin's open up. We talked about that off camera. So run past or kick. Will the, how will the league address this disparity with regards to the ability to generate ticket revenue? Run past or kick. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll run again. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like this. <laughs> we're just following state law, guys. It's like um, that's what you have to do here. And certain states have been open to having some fans. Others aren't. Um, And that's just today, right? So that could change as we get into the season. Um, And so that's what we're going to do. It's it's, it's not um, necessarily a major league rugby rule or anything. It's just kind of common sense and then state law with safety kind of being at the forefront of all decisions. Right. I mean, it's very hard to get ahead of this. No one's been able to, right? No one's figured it out. No one's got the perfect formula. So it's just kind of rolling with it. And then one thing that will, you know, as you said, it will test the resolve of the league under these conditions. Um, And, you know, it's going to be bumpy, right? (laughs) But uh, I got the next question here and we're going to be shifting gears uh, a little bit to be able to talk about one of those children that you, uh, you mentioned a moment ago. (laughs) So, as you so rightly pointed out, there was uh, the announcement of 13 teams to participate in 2021. Naturally, one kid, as you you put it, was left behind for the moment, right? So with that in mind, here lies the question, run, pass, or kick. 
Obviously, a young league such as the MLR will experience growing, pan, growing pains. Hawaii, with the Kanaloa franchise, and Dallas made bids to enter the league in 2021. Hawaii fell through, and Dallas has delayed their entry until 2022. The news came quite late, in fact, as recent as January for Dallas. And it was a shock to fans, naturally, because it seemed as if they were gearing up and ready to go. Most significantly, uh, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. Here lies the question. Where did the breakdown come from and how did it happen that Dallas will now not be participating in the 2021 season is what fans would like to know, run, pass, or kick? Um, I think I'll run on this one. Um, Launching a, uh, a franchise, a new franchise, in COVID is very difficult. Uh, look at our friends at Major League Soccer. They're 25 years old, by the way. We're coming up on our fourth birthday. They have yeah. all, all of their expansion teams delayed a year. Because to start a business, to launch a business in the middle of COVID is not easy. Right. So timing of it is tough a bit because – they had, you know, some player signings and things like that. But it's we supported the decision because we don't want to set anyone up to fail. Right. Right. And this is what we've actually said. We've I mean, myself, Rob and Scott, who's running the show in the background, have had this debate again in, in many different forms. But one thing I always come out at the end to be able to reiterate and reinforce it again and again is that the league as it stands Judge on what the record has been up until now. And if we look back, 2020 in its truncated season, every team had to be able to seize play like everything else in the world came to a grinding halt. But what happened in its, in its, in its stead? You chose to pay out all of the, uh, uh, the contracts, right? You chose to honor them. So that, to me, gave me more confidence to say two things. One, they're in a good position that they can choose to do so. Secondly, they did choose to do so, which shows a, a morality behind it too that is interesting. You know, there's an ethical balance and it was a very difficult position to be in because you don't know where the end would be, especially if you're at the beginning, right? And now we're a little bit further along, but we still don't know where the end will actually be. But more to the point with Dallas, I personally, and I'm sure Rob would echo the very same uh, sentiment, would rather have the decision made as it was to postpone than it collapsed halfway through. Right. We're in a very sweet spot. We have 12 owners that are dug in. They are determined to make this sport work in this country. Right. So it's a long-term approach, not a short-term approach. And as we look at potential new franchises, that's what we're looking for. Early on, you just wanted somebody to jump in with you. Uh-huh. You know, now the league is matured, and I'm not taking any of that credit. That happened before me, <laughs> to being able to sit back a bit, being at 13 teams, and decide, you know, who should be 14 or who should be 15. And if not 2022, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like It's about getting the right partner. We look for a few things in partnerships. We look for a financial capability to do this. We look for a good stadium plan. We look for people in the organization that have run a sports team before. And we look for a great process to grow youth rugby and academy rugby in those cities. It's very simple. It's very simple. If you want to join us, you need to check those four boxes. 
and we will sit back and not to be arrogant about it by any means, but we don't have to, we're not struggling. We, we don't have to like take someone on that we're right. not sure about. You guys remember when I first got here, we had a franchise about to go to fold. Mm-hmm. We already had a schedule out. We had a national television schedule out, you know, yeah. and we took the Austin franchise and Adam Gilchrist who jumped in, who already owned the Los Angeles franchise took the Dallas or the Austin franchise. We don't, we don't want that. You know, we want one owner per city, but he did it mostly because we made him. I said, you got to do this. <laughs> like we're not going to do this. And plus Austin's a great market. And now right. we have an operator down there. And, and Austin has done a phenomenal job in the ramp up to the season. Their marketing team is hitting a plus all the way, in my opinion. Yeah. Their guy, Mike Sheehan worked with me at the Mavericks. You go with who, you know, in right. this business, and we've populated these teams with a lot of these ex, you know, professionals that were at the major league level because this is not brain surgery. Get down there, market, sell, buy billboards, be a good community citizen, get the fan base engaged, add live music to every match, which is what Austin has done, right? right? Because they're the capital of music. So these these aren't. This isn't like groundbreaking stuff. This is like guys that have done it before. They go, hey, I'm going to go down there and I got this one. Yeah, the term I hear thrown around more and more often is rugby-tainment. Thank you. I I, uh, patented that. (laughs) Um, One of your beer sponsors, beer, when I see you guys in Chicago. The royalties Um, are in the mail. (laughs) In all seriousness, guys, in our research in the offseason, we did a big study with Octagon, which was not inexpensive, by the way. And what comes out of it as we talk and we're trying to figure out who our fans are and what they want. What comes out of that is people want to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just say we do a decent job getting the rugby faithful to attend, to watch on television and to follow us on OTT platforms. Right. And this is, yeah, sorry, Rob, if I'm hijacking the microphone here, but you know, on that point about fun, you know, that being the most important element perhaps to, to spreading the game uh, across the nation, right. At, At all levels of the game, really. But, you know, if you look at the average American fan who has only recently been introduced to the game, Many of them, if not the majority, were probably introduced through sevens because of its entertainment value, because of its exciting, fast-paced nature, which I believe MLR has in bundles. Uh, It's just yet to be able to give it the platform it needs to reach those audiences. Yeah, I agree. You know, I went to the LA Sevens and to see kind of the convergence of the fan bases representing their countries was like Olympic-esque to me. Right. Um, and, you know, I think we have that to an extent, but the North American sports fam is used to being entertained in a lot of different ways. Rugby's the core product. That's what they're coming to watch. But there have to be things for the kids. There mm-hmm. have to be ways to try the game, you know, and touch and feel the ball, um, possibly get autographs, you know, after the game, possibly get your face painted, possibly interact with a mascot. And then there has to be music and entertainment. And we have to be, you know, something for all fans. And what I'd like to say is, you know, if a family is sitting around the dinner table midweek asking, what are we going to do this weekend? We have to be the answer to that question. I want to go to a NOLA Gold game. And in order to be that, you have to get all the stakeholders buy-in. It can't just be the rugby faithful 
right. you know, saying, I want to do this. If you don't get buy-in from the rest of your, and it doesn't have to be a family, it could be a friend group, it could be whatever. If you can't move your posse to our games, then it's on us. Because yeah. that means there's not something for them. They come and they're like, hey, I don't get the game, not really into the game. There's nothing else for me, so I'm not coming back. So it's about everything around it. And we're, we're doing a really good job on rugbytainment. Rugbytainment is a driveway-to-driveway experience. Once you leave your driveway and you interact on these touch points all the way through a match, as minuscule as parking your car, giving your ticket to a ticket taker, uh, seeing an usher that says your seat is this way. So it's minuscule. Mm-hmm. That's what sports marketing is based upon. That's how you do derive your experience. So there's 25 touch points, and then you drive home, and you're back in the driveway. And if everyone doesn't say, that was awesome, when's the next game, we're going, then you failed. Exactly. Man, I love you know, that philosophy. Yeah. Having having it explained like in so many different layers, as you put it so eloquently, is is great. And you know, just another great reason, as you said, you need to have the good, the right people with the right experience in the right position. And MLR is in the better position than it has ever been, uh, and it's happening right now. Absolutely. So, you know, George, you you were talking about the growth of the game and the potential earlier for Chicago franchise, et cetera. I think in the state of the league video, uh, you indicated that there was interest from up to nine cities in the United States and Canada. So run, pass, or kick, can you reveal what bid might be the closest to coming fruition? Uh, I'll run and then I'll give it a caveat. So here are the cities we're talking to. Will that help you? Absolutely. That's more relevant. So we're talking to cities such as Kansas City, St. Louis, and Chicago, up through the Midwest (laughs) of the country. Um, We're talking to cities like Hawaii, as you're you're well aware of. Uh, We're talking to cities like Las Vegas. We're talking to cities like Sacramento. We're talking to cities like Vancouver. Um, I think that's about eight or nine. Um, Yeah. Left out a couple. Um, uh, there's another one actually in Colorado that is really interesting to me. Um, so like I said, there's four, there's four things you got to do. You got to be well capitalized. So you got nine dates to the prom. Which one do you pick? (laughs) (laughs) Back to who's going to win the game this week. Not, not going I'm teasing you, but you know, it's a good position to be in when you say the the interest is high. Look, I like to be able to phrase it this way to have nine teams with quality interest is a high quality problem to have. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, on the surface, you have to be able to check those four boxes. You can't right. just be a rugby fan in Phoenix, Arizona that calls me and says, We got to get a team here. You know, it's funny you say that, George, because I can't tell you how many times people on the rugby rant or on the, the MLR fan zone have reached out to us and said, hey, uh, when you, we got to get a team in, you know, Philly or a team in, yeah. you know, uh, Timbuktu. And you go, OK, yeah, pony up the, the you know, the cash and you can get a team. But, you know, you've got to have the money. You've got to have the business plan. you got to have the stadium. you got to have all those pieces in place. It just doesn't. You know, it just doesn't materialize. Yeah, but let me tell you one thing about that. A misnomer is that people think you have to be in the biggest city. So right now, as Nielsen 
you know, measure cities in the United States, we're in seven of the top 10 currently. Right. So like, you know, you can work backwards and go, oh, we got to get in those other three. I would disagree. What I want is a great operator with a great stadium situation in maybe a city that isn't in those top 10. So you look at you look at our situation. Um, one of our best operators is in New Orleans. New Orleans yeah. is probably our smallest market. But, you know, they're an original seven. They've stuck the course. They build it slowly, which is how you build franchises. Yeah. You'll build them, you know, meteor. You know, it doesn't go up like a meteor, especially mm-hmm. in this sport. They've stuck to it. Maybe in that first year, they had 500 season ticket holders. Maybe in the next year, they got to 800 season ticket holders. Maybe last year, they had 1,200 season ticket holders. Yeah. That's how you do it. You well, I can tell you that talking about merchandise, and we were talking about it earlier, Rob Hammerschmidt is probably got about 10% shares in NOLA already just through the merch <laughs> he's bought. <laughs> you know the story there? You know the story why their merchandise is better than the rest of our league? Uh, uh, no, please do share. Wait, Tim Falcon has his whole family involved in the yeah. franchise. Right, right. Okay. I was going to say, I was gonna say Jessica Pastrana Falcon is the person I talk to, you know, two times a week. <laughs> so there you have it. She, his daughter-in-law, yep, right. that piece of the business for them. Evidently, she has exquisite taste, and their stuff is cool. That's all you want in merch. Yeah. Like merch isn't a isn't a you know a big secret, right? Most people buy jerseys. They've done a yeah. great job there. Absolutely. I mean, I, I saw a quick clip of JP Eloff in, in one of their social media posts wearing the new uh, Paladin hoodie. And immediately I went, oh God, when when I when I uh, when that comes out, I've got to have it. And I think I might have a cigarette when it comes in. You know? <laughs> hey, you know, Hammer, we need like a million of you. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need is a million. And I swear to God, I can't make- asking for much, huh? Yeah. Start making some friends, Rob. <laughs> uh, Jessica, if you're listening, I don't have any NOLA gear yet. Hint, hint. <laughs> Get your credit card out, Ty. Yeah. Like, you don't build a business on giving merch away, so... No, you're right. You're right. Exactly. And every bit does help. And that's so true. You know, I, I, and it's just one step in the right direction with every new fan and every purchase and every little bit helps. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that in that way, George, because, you know, I had purchased tickets to go to Enola game last year before the season was shut down for my whole family. And, um, you know, they, they called me up, uh, Jared Cusimano, shout out to my boy, Jared. He's awesome. And he said, hey, Rob, what do you what do you want to do? Do you want your money back? I said, well, let's do this. I'm going to buy some merch to support the team. I'm going to throw $25, $25 to the charity because they had some charity efforts going out. Uh, and then I think I got, you know, I got a, a little bit of my cash back. I mean, for me, it was about supporting the organization, supporting the foundation, um, and, and trying to spread a little bit of my love so, to help the team out in whatever way I could. Hey, we need you to do a 12-city tour, Rob. <laughs> like, this is a love fest for Noah Gold. Dan Falcon's jumping in, so he's listening. Uh, yeah, but that's what it's about, guys. You know, it's like, let's support these teams. Let's buy gear. Let's buy tickets. Let's have a great time with it. Let's bring our mates and have fun. Sounds like the perfect formula to me. 
So on that note, let's jump into the next question as we steer ourselves a little bit more to international news, but still within the realm of rugby in North America. So the next question, run, pass, or kick here, George. U.S. Eagles coach Gary Gold is clearly attempting to get test matches planned against the England and the British and Irish Lions. Still rumors of when it will be, how it will happen, and so forth. In, in all likelihood, these would be scheduled for the middle of the MLR season if it is proposed to happen in that June-July window as has been previously scheduled. Thus, teams like Rooney will lose roughly five to eight players given the nature of how many USA Eagles athletes that they have. So has the USAR discussed the plan with the league? Do you support this endeavor, run, pass, or kick? Yeah, I'll just... I'll deviate from the program and I'm going to run. Um, <laughs> absolutely. I, I have a weekly call with Ross Young at USA Rugby. And the reason is, is we're going to be a joint at the hip. Right. And the reason we're going to be a joint at the hip is that if we're ever going to get a World Cup in this country, uh, in either 2027 or 2031, we have to be a joint at the hip. We have to respect each other. And sure, if there's a test match, in our window, and we have to lose players from not just one team, but from many teams, that's okay. That's okay. That's a badge of honor, right? So from my seat, I will never tell an athlete like, hey, you know, we don't want you to leave your MLR team to go play for your country. No, that's like un-American or un-Canadian for our friends in Canada. Um, We got to grow the game, and we have to do a better job in North America of bringing all the rugby stakeholders together. Mm -hmm. So it starts with major league rugby and USA rugby. We all know that USA rugby's had their trials and tribulations. It's okay. Um, It goes to our broadcasters, you know, NBC in this country is televising world cup matches. Um, So, you know, if we're ever going to be taken seriously by world rugby and we hope we will, um, we all have to be joined at the hip. We have to kind of put some of our, you know, needs to the side for the greater good. It is mutually beneficial. And one thing that I've always tried to do is to find a silver lining in any situation. So let's imagine five to eight players are uh, adopting national team colors and, you know, will do their duties overseas. Well, that's five to eight players that now have an opportunity to be able to be the starting lineup for an MLR side that gives them the opportunity to be able to shine and to get that experience and, you know, an opportunity for them to be the next generation to step up. So there's always a silver lining depending on which perspective you have, right? That's a huge silver lining. Yeah. Huge badge of honor for what we're doing with USA Rugby. And we would never stand in the way of that, right? It's, it's just part of the process of getting rugby mainstream in North America. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, a give and take a bit. But hey, if one day we're sitting on the sidelines at a World Cup match in the United States or in Canada, I mean, we're, we're going to look back at this and laugh. Like we're talking about minutiae. Yeah. To what could be really, really great for this sport. 
That's a good way of putting it. And for me, I'm also just a little bit selfish in my uh, uh, desire to be able to see the best players here on on uh, American soil play against the Springboks. Because me, I am South African by nature. It's going to be for me picking between my two favorites, right? It's going to be tough. I'm just going to stand back and watch great rugby and rugby will be the winner at the end of the day. So on that note, I want to ask you a question related to the World Cup discussions. You had actually mentioned the years 2027 or 2031 earlier in our conversation. An organizing group from North America has begun the process of trying to bring a Rugby World Cup to the United States and Canada. Run, pass, or kick. Can a North American Rugby World Cup have the same impact on our game as the 1994 FIFA World Cup had on American soccer? Run, pass, or kick. So I'll run um, without question. So think about that. Soccer brought the World Cup to the United States, and there was no professional league. Yeah. So we're sure. going to bring this game you know, to the U.S., um, and maybe a professional league will be born from it. If we get the World Cup, we'll just say in 2031, we'll be a 14-year-old league. If yeah. we had one or two teams a year – uh, between now and then, we'll be a 22 to 32 team league. We're ahead of them. Yeah. We're ahead of them. I'll just tell you that. Now, geez, their youth participation's a little ahead of us, as we know. We got to get more kids playing rugby in, in North America, you know. So we have work to do, but without question, you know, it's something that we should try to get. You know, I prefer 2031 just personally because in 2027, you know, we have the World Cup coming back to the U.S. of soccer and we have the Olympics. So, you know, getting that the ticket buyers and the corporate money and the people that will buy suites is crowded in, the, in yeah. that time frame. In 2031, um, we're a 14-year-old league and I, I think we're better suited. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. my vote yeah. doesn't count there. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, if you're world rugby and you're looking down on the last bastion that maybe rugby hasn't fully, you know, developed in, which is North America, you know, but you also know that most of their budget is derived from the World Cup. So it cannot be anything but a smashing success. So, you know, given all those parameters in my seat, you know, 2031 is the better year for us. Yeah. And I'd just like to add one piece that you touched upon you know, that youth development and a message to all the fans, you know, we love the fact of what you've done in the off season, promoting the development of youth academies, you right. know, kids, kids programs, high school programs, what a great and, and, and creative way to really develop youth. But the key is, is we as fans have to develop youth. It's, it's on us, not the league. The league is, uh, the league is providing a platform. We've got to run. We've got to be the engine behind that platform, and and so I want to thank the league. I want to thank you, George, for providing people with that opportunity, that that you know, platform for people to really grow this game uh, at the youth level. Hey, what we've been told is the rugby network is a big deal. On the first mm-hmm. day, we had a thousand people. Like we launched it, yeah, nice people sign up. You know, that's got to grow exponentially. By the way, but it it was only day one. We launched our app today. Like these are things that you do to service the fans and at least set yourself up for people that maybe want to become fans to be able to become fans. So if you don't know anything about the game, 
But now you have these tools maybe to help you understand the game and connect. So thank you. That's a nice compliment. Yeah. So we have an opportunity to be able to take a question from one of our fans, uh, very active online. And in particular with the show has been on with us. It's Dylan Farachi. His question here for you, uh, George is, uh, will there be a collegiate draft in 2021? Run pass or kick. Yeah, we'll, we'll run. Um, you know, <laughs> Dylan, um, that's the plan, right? So we, we we did this draft, you know, and nobody knew what it was going to be last year. And I asked our guys, like, hey, we're going to get enough athletes that actually want to be in this to, to get 24 selections out of it? Because remember, Canada, they have the whole country of Canada. you know, Right. right. So they, they set out and um, everyone said, yeah, for sure. And we had 475 or so. You know, this is much more than 24 then, right? <laughs> that, that was mind-blowing to me. Like, I was brand new at the time. Mind-blowing. Uh, so, you know, completing that pathway, in America at least, and, and you know, you, you watch the athlete that started. We'll take an NFL athlete, for example. You see footage of him as a kid playing the game as a youth and then moving to select or academy and starring for his college. And getting his name called on stage in prime time from a commissioner way more famous than I, like it's great theater, right? That's what it's all about. And we didn't have that last piece. And now we have that last piece. And even though ours was, you know, with the COVID kind of uh, hangover, it was by Zoom and it wasn't as, um, as great as it's going to be, where we bring the athletes in and, and we, we close that gap and we, we put the kind of piece of resistance on their career as youth academy, college, and now pro. That's money right there, guys. That That is great theater. That's great drama. We can all think of it, the stories from the NBA, NFL, whatever it is. And if you're not crying when you see that kid, you know, accept his draft position from the commissioner and he's thanking his mom and his high school coaches, and that's what it's about. Well, I, I will tell you, George, that we actually did a live draft special. It was the first live event that we'd done on the Rugby Rant podcast. And we did a lot of work in preparation to get some information about those draftees and get some video and even reach out to the draftees. And we had a few of them on, Patrick Madden, for example. Almost um, immediately after their announcement right, was made. Right, right. Um, you know, uh, Nikki uh, Taylor from Seattle um, and, and, of course, Stephen McLeish. And um, – we thoroughly enjoyed the process. And I will tell you from knowing Steven that they had the same feelings mm -hmm. through that experience that those NFL youngsters have when they go, the, go through the draft process. It was, right. the description was exactly the same and how they felt. So uh, you hit a note, you hit a chord and uh, the athletes sure appreciate it. And we certainly do as well at the rugby. Guess what? That was a C. That got a C in my book. That was a C or C minus. And it's a good place to start because, as you I said, mean, it's going to be even better to come. Without question, because it's an important piece in the journey. You know, and yeah, maybe we checked a couple boxes that day doing it for the first time. We will do it a lot better in the future. Right. Well, we hope to be a part of it. That's for sure. Um, I want to, we just have uh, one more question here before we end our evening with George Killebrew. again, George, we want to thank you for uh, being with us on the eve of 2021, right? The first weekend of 2021. Um, and I want to go back to you where it all started from. Your strength as a candidate for the position as commissioner was rooted in your experience in marketing, sales, and corporate sponsorship. 
The league has recently announced a slew of new partnerships. Uh, Rugby Network, of course, we've talked about that. Fox Sports, BT Sports Suite. We can't forget about that online app that's really the motor behind the online piece. Of course, we mentioned American Airlines. Gina Sports, sports betting is going to be critical to the growth in all sports. And you can't forget Opro. They're looking out for the for the dental work of the players. Um, run, pass, or kick. How important are these deals to the economic viability of the league? And I want to follow up. Do we have anything on the horizon that has yet to be announced? So, Ron, and I think you already know. <laughs> I think you already know. So we, answer, we've heard rumors. <laughs> so to answer your question, um, it's the, it was the missing link here are these kind of partnerships, right? So I think we did rugby pretty well. I think we do rugby pretty well. Um, we don't have any competition in the space for the most part on the professional level in the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, the missing link is the commercialization of the sport. And um, all of those are significant. And I, as much as I would love to tell you that I'm the mastermind behind all of them, I'm not. You know, we have a very good team. We, we brought in a chief commercial officer by the name of Mark Yates, who I'd worked with for 20 years at Fox Sports. Um, and he hit the ground running. He's only been here eight, eight months. And um, he's hit the ground running and he's a professional that can, you know, literally looked at this and goes, wow, um, there's no conflicts. Like there's no categories that are closed. We can go out and really do this. And so he has sprinted for eight months. And so things like American Airlines and some of the others that you mentioned or a collaboration between he and myself, um, there are two uh, that we'll share with you. Uh, we've recently signed Geico, um, wow. another, another brand that, you know, in North America, in the sports community is kind of ubiquitous, um, which helps you kind of validate what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Find another one in a major way called Guaranteed Rate. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, they've been a big sponsor of Major League Baseball and their teams. So, you know, before we didn't really have any brands that were not like, you know, rugby endemic, you know, that were just rugby brands. Um, and now, you know, with American beginning the process and maybe validating us a little bit, allowing other brands to kind of kind of look at us and go, hey, we should take this a little more seriously. Um, so those are two announcements that we're about to make, um, which is really, really awesome because it's just the tip of the iceberg. We're doing this stuff under COVID. And I'm not going to lie to you and say we're getting like huge seven figure you know, rolling out the red carpet, but you got to start somewhere. Right. right? And you got to get them. And what was what, what the beautiful thing about American Airlines is they kind of understood our DNA. They're like, hey, you know, we, we can do a few things for you and we'll grow over time, but we want to be there as this sports grows. American obviously is an airline that flies internationally. They understand rugby. We're going to have a, believe it or not, an article about us in American Way magazine. Now, nice. who doesn't read American Way magazine? You are trapped in your seat. <laughs> and after you do whatever, you reach into that seat pocket and you pull it out and it's going to be about us. You know, that media value alone may be the single biggest thing we've ever done. 
Right. And, you know, and, and the sense of credibility that comes with them associated to the league. And so it builds one on top of another. But as you so rightly pointed out, you know, it's, it's a relationship that will continue to build. Where it starts now is a great place. And, you know, those are the relationships you want as your league continues to grow, it's for them to grow with you. And it sounds like it's set up for success from the start. That's all we're trying to do is jump in with us. Maybe we don't get the dollars today that we really want. But grow with us. We're going to treat you like royalty. We're going to try to expose you on our national television platform, the rugby network platform, in our stadiums. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to do our part. We're going to, whatever you pay us, we're going to give back to you tenfold so that next year it's an easy decision. It's like, hey, we got good guys and girls that are working with us at Major League Rugby. We're going to renew our deal. And we're doing all of this under the biggest black cloud that I've ever seen in the sponsorship world. Because in the sponsorship world, a lot of times it's, you know, sponsoring things that are in full buildings where the, you know, there's all the seats are taken and all that. This is not about that. You know, so it's been cool. Yeah, it's a great place to be. And, you know, as a fan, it builds confidence in the league. You know, as for the players, I'm sure, you know, as they're putting their time, they're moving their families, they, they see security, they see a vision, they see a future. And the future is certainly bright when it comes to rugby in the North American landscape. And that's why we on the Rugby Rant podcast will continue to be able to share it from our point of view, not only as fans, uh, but as great advocates of growing the sport, because we like to be able to remind everybody it's about growing rugby one fan at a time. And where we certainly push that every episode. It's core to our philosophy here on the show. And I'm pretty sure that, George, you and everybody in MLR feels very much the same. Um, and on that note, I wanted to be able to take every, the opportunity to remind our fans who are watching this episode to make sure you like Subscribe, rate and review us, follow us on all social media platforms under the handle at Rugby Rant. You can also catch us on our audio podcast, wherever you may get your podcast from. You can find us there under the same handle at Rugby Rant Pod. And as I take the opportunity to near the close of this wonderful episode with George Kilbury, the commissioner himself, a man who is certainly steady at the helm as the captain of this vessel that is MLR. We give him the opportunity to be able to send a shout out to any of your friends, family, anybody who may be watching, or maybe you just want to leave a great message for the fans out there. The floor is yours. Well, hey, first of all, thank you. This has been fun. Happy to do it at any time. You know, to our fans out there, I think everybody feels the same excitement that I feel right now. Like when we had to shut it down in week five, we're devastated. And now we're on the eve of, you know, having our matches this weekend. And I can sense it through our players, our coaches, our ownership groups. We're just ready to get after it again. And please, you know, support us as best you can, whether it's buying something, you know, at the rugby shop or attending at one of our 12 venues or watching us on Fox or CBS or the local carriers or jumping on the new rugby network. It's free by the way. So there's no excuse. <laughs> right. You don't at least, you know, register. So our numbers start to grow exponentially, but Hey, we're, you know, we're on the verge of something special. I think everyone knows that it's not going to be a meteoric rise. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard work, but you know, let's all jump in together, support each other and let's have fun with it. 
right? So true. None of this works unless all of us are on board. And I know from myself and the team, we definitely have enjoyed hearing from you, George. Uh, we'll continue to be able to encourage our fans to leave comments below. Anything that you found interesting that you wanted to be able to share your view, any of the comments here, make sure you drop your viewpoints down below. And again, you can follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. On behalf of myself, Rob, and of course, Scott Ferrara, who is producing this show in the background. First of all, George, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to everybody in the organization, continue the good work. We all appreciate it, and we're all on board with the same vision. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, Todd. Thank you, fans. We appreciate you guys. Thanks, Hammer. Thanks, Scotty, in the background. Good work. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.